we use these words all of the time that we don't even recognize in ourselves that we're mm. sabotaging ourselves or we're holding ourselves back or we're using the negative version of that and it'll be linked to something else but just by having someone doing the active listening and then helping somebody to have that self-awareness absolutely in, so they can catch themselves when they do that in their own time that's really important i wish i could show you when you are lonely or in darkness the astonishing light of your own being, Hafez. We somehow have made it to this season of renewal and rebirth. Oh my goodness. Wintertime is one for cocooning and for regeneration and rest. I hope. Well, I'm over here welcoming spring with open arms. How about you? Hey everybody, it's KJ and I'm so happy to be here. This is the Stories of Astonishing Light. I'll speak more to it at the end of this episode, and I'm reserving all of next week's episode as a tiny astonishment to share more, but I did take the whole of February and part of March off so that I could move through some personal and family matters. A number of folks, beautifully enough, sent me that quote from Hafez in the last couple of weeks, and a couple of things happened. First, I remembered my entire reasoning my mission for starting this podcast. This podcast actually was named for that poem and the informing tenets of why I became a practitioner of mental health in the beginning. That This all came flooding back to me. People inherently are beings of astonishing light and I like to guide you in remembering yours. Mm. Secondly, people really are so very kind, very kind. And sometimes a question a simple question of, how are you doing, fellow being, is everything. Thank you to those of you who checked in on me. I'm here and I'm filled with such gratitude for you. As for today, for this story exchange, I am so pleased to bring you the conclusion of my conversation with the luminous Beth Hewitt. We drop back in right where we left off in episode 67 with Beth's gentle advice of push on the door Let's see where it leads. Here's a quick catch up. Beth Hewitt is a spiritual performance coach, a speaker, an author, and hostess of the Visualize You podcast. And it's there that she shares the transformational stories of people who have taken a leap to follow their soul calling. She is an extremely gifted intuitive. Today, Beth introduces us to her inquiry methods during visualization sessions, including her experience of strengthening intuition with the aid of oracle cards, which she uses in her work. I know, I know it feels particularly heavy out there these days, but I also know that there are pockets of light and kindnesses and compassion available too. And one of the best ways we can access our resiliency is by connecting with others and forming an allyship. Being in Beth's Visualize and Thrive Business Club is one way we can touch base with accountability and dispel some of the loneliness that comes with being a creative, a healer, and what Beth calls a spiritualpreneur. Consider joining me in the club. If not for the accountability, then at the very least, so that you can listen to Beth's lilting voice on repeat. I may or may not be that person. Hmm. Okay, well, let's get on with it, my loves. Here is Beth Hewitt. All of these possibilities are available to us, but a lot of the time, the barrier 
to accessing any of it. It's our own uncertainty or our own interpretation. There's something about letting go of the attachment that we had to that very specific idea. And I've discovered in my work as a therapist, it can be difficult when we're not willing to let go of our preconceived ideas about what the shoulds look like. Absolutely. Yeah. It's about having control. So you have, when you have a vision, you have control, but also knowing when to loosen the reins yes. and let the, it pull us in whatever direction. What might you do or say for someone who comes to you for a session, wanting to decipher the clues or the messages that they're receiving, not quite sure how to do it, but they're not ready to be more than just cerebral. They'll stay in their minds about scripts that they already had in place or expectations that they have. Is there any recommendation or how might you work with somebody who seems almost determined to remain within a particular lane before you ask them to consider other options? I think in doing, for example, when we create the vision, the questions that I ask allow them to sift through all of that stuff that's in the head and they'll just naturally unfold what's really going on. They'll let go of that because they get into, they've got the eyes closed, we're visualizing, we're getting into the nitty gritty and some of the stuff that comes up, they won't know where that's come from. They won't know where has that come from. And so I'll ask those questions and we'll dig a little deeper mm-hmm. and we'll find out how that fits into the bigger picture. And so I think anybody that comes who's like, I've got my script, it's not working. We have to go through that processing. And also some of the words that people use, you know, when they can script it. I had somebody recently and one of the things I said in the visualization was, I said, how are you feeling? They said, almost free. Oh. So afterwards I said, why do you only feel almost free? Do you not want to feel fully free? And they were like, I didn't even know I'd said that. I didn't know I'd said that. We use these words all of the time that we don't even recognize in ourselves, that we're Mm. sabotaging ourselves or we're holding ourselves back or we're using the negative version of that. And it will be linked to something else. But just by having someone doing the active listening and then helping somebody to have that self-awareness. Absolutely. So they can catch themselves when they do that in their own time. That's really important. There is a skill in active listening and you just displayed what in psychotherapy terms is mirroring, which is reflecting back almost exactly what was said. And there is something incredibly powerful and transformative about hearing your own words reflected back. And sometimes mirroring could be someone's nonverbal as well, their, their yeah. posture, whatever, whatever they might be doing with their body that could be a barrier. It's really powerful to see someone else reflect it back and say, did I say that or am I doing that? At least in my experience, there's also a little moment of defensiveness as well. If someone reflects back to me something that I didn't realize I had said that I had been that disconnected from, and it'd be like, no, I'm not. That's not what I said. And that's me after doing work, years and years of work, that I still notice that there's an attachment to an offensiveness, a protectiveness around being called out on what maybe my true body and spirit has been communicating this whole time, but I wasn't mm-hmm. listening. I wasn't seeing it. Yeah. So there's a very unique and special gift in doing that. And I know you have it very naturally. The line of questioning that you move through in your work, is it a template? Are they the same questions or do you tailor it to what the client brings to you in session? I tailor it. So for example, if somebody was visualizing a dog, for example, not everybody would be visualizing a a dog or a family or or whatever. So I have some template questions, but also I'll delve into what the client is telling me and getting into the nitty gritty of their personal vision, almost moving around that vision with them. I'm very intuitive. So I use Oracle cards and I sense things 
things and connect dots all of the time. So I really enjoy getting into the vision with them. It's almost like I'm with them in there. It's always interesting when they tell me what colour something is or how close the sea is to the house or whatever it is that they're thinking about. And I think, oh, that's exactly what I was just thinking. Or, oh, that's not what I was thinking kind of thing. So I love getting in the vision with them. Mm. And yeah, it's really personal and really tailored because realities are all personal and all tailored. We can't have a cooker mm. vision building template. It's just not going to cut it. No, I love that you use the various methods to help support the questioning and the uncovering that you're doing. So you'd said sometimes you'll bring in, no, not sometimes, most of the time, unless otherwise requested not, you'll work with oracle cards. It sounds like you've been working with oracle cards since a very young age. Well, I started working with tarot cards when I was about 12, 13, maybe younger, I can't remember exactly. But what I found was I was just trying to remember. There was nothing really intuitive about it because I was just looking at the pictures and looking in the book and trying to remember. And so it didn't make much sense to me intuitively if I were to read for my mum or a friend at school, for example. So when I discovered Oracle cards, it made so much more sense because it's just an image or it's just a word. And I could really start to lean in and connect the dots and what I was feeling and what was coming up. And as soon as I started doing that, I've always done it for myself and I've always done it for maybe close friends and my mum. And when I started doing it for people that I had never met before, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. then it's almost like, you know that you can do this, but actually you're reaffirming to yourself that, wow, okay, I don't know anything about this person apart from the energy that is presenting to me right now. I've never known how to be wrong ever. It's magical, but it's because we're all connected. We're, it's all one, all the synchronicities, all of the dots connecting at lightning speed. And I like to use the Oracle cards with clients that want me to use them because it's just a, a nice, quick, easy way to work with whatever questions I have in that mm. moment and go, mm-hmm. we don't need to worry about that anymore. I love the surrendering and the faith put into the cards. You'd said something along the lines of, Well, the cards say that this is what is, and there's a certainty and a groundedness in that. Has anyone ever resisted or balked? I once had one person said that I'm not resonating with that. And then Mm. I think I said something, well, this is what it's saying. Are you sure? And then like five minutes later, they were like, it was on a live. I was doing a a live group reading. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. And five minutes later, they were like, I've just realized what that relates to because I don't know how to explain it other way, any other way than they're always right. <laughs> you know, it's not me that's right. It's the cards that are right. It's the message. It's the energy. It's not me that's telling you this is how mm. it's going to be. I'm just the messenger. I'm just the vessel. I'm just saying what yes. is there. So that is the only person that I've read for hundreds of people now. So yes. many thousands of people in big communities and whatnot. So it's an aid for you to help folks uncover and reconnect with something that maybe they knew was inside them, but they hadn't had a prompt to discover it again or examine it again. And so in the case of this one person on your live, it took her about five minutes. But after you prompted her and was basically like, well, this is what the card says. Are you sure? And that at least invited her to be like, well, I disagree. So something was incited in her, right? But it was enough for her to go back and say, all right, give me a minute here. Give me a minute. There must be something that it's connecting to picking up on. So I still would think that your record is pretty clean, 100%. I think in that it way. is as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, totally I call that know. clean record. <laughs> 100% strike rate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a second to pause in this amazing conversation for a quick check-in. If you're enjoying this episode and have found value in the stories from the guests who've joined me on the podcast, I would love it if you could rate and leave a review for the show. 
You can do so on Apple Podcasts or any of your listening platforms. Your reviews help boost visibility of the show and spread the word to more listeners. Plus, I love hearing from you. If you have found anything you've heard on this show valuable or helpful for you, please let us know. And it's really easy to do. And it takes maybe a minute. You can go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash astonishing stories. Also, a little something to consider. Every review you leave enters you into a chance for winning a free 30-minute private session with me to discuss anything of your choice. I'll pick the name of the winner every Friday and announce it on my Instagram and Facebook stories. So let's hear it, friends. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash astonishing stories. I really appreciate you. So my friend, as a messenger and as a vessel, how is it that you, and we talked a little about it when we opened up our conversation today, how do you nurture and ensure that you are okay and well to continue to be a messenger? How do you take care of yourself? What sort of forms of compassion and wellness can you do to ensure that you're okay to continue doing your work? I think I try to meditate when I can, but I'm not religious about it. Like at the same time every day, I'm more, I do it when it feels right. And again, this comes back to surrendering and going with the flow. If I've got partway through my day and I've ticked things off my to-do list and now I'm thinking, what is the next logical aligned step that I need to take? That is the point that I will meditate. I won't meditate in the morning. I won't meditate in the evening because I'll just fall asleep or go back to sleep in the morning, whatever. So meditating, stopping and giving yourself, try not to be too busy. I am always busy. Indeed. Always got lots of things on the go. There's, I'm, there's never a time when I'm not doing something, but it's the time in between the business. Oh my gosh. I think that's key. The time in between the business. Can you recognize that time in between? Do you recognize just as you when it is getting too busy? I do now because in 2010, I had a bit of a breakdown mentally in terms of stress and anxiety. And there were things that I vowed that I would never do again, such as I would never take a big bag to work with me so that I couldn't bring big files back home with me. So I never stopped stopped taking a bag to work with me. I would only look at my emails, morning, middle of the day, end of the day. I wasn't at the beck and call of anybody that wanted to send me an email. So there were things I put in place and that is when I started doing what's called the placemat technique, which is one of Abraham Hicks's methods of managing your to-do list and your work was that I would only ever focus on three things, three meter things. And I have lots of different components, parts of them, but there were three things that I were going to tick off my to-do list. Everything else was on my to-do list, but on the right-hand side of my page with the header at the top that the universe was going to do those. And that's when that all came about was 12 years ago. So I vowed never to get to that place again, where I essentially felt like the work was a tide that I'd overtaken and submerged my personal life. And I vowed mm-hmm. never to go back there. So yes, I'm very now well, <laughs> well attuned to the yes. feelings of my body and my mind when things are not going quite right. Well, it usually takes, or oftentimes it takes something pretty profound, like a breakdown, something unfortunate or tragic to happen for us to really listen to what we've been doing. Is there a current theme or mantra that guides you today that helps you remain in that space of grace and compassion? I think the mantras have changed. So since what we tried to do with the recording last time, I think the mantras have probably changed a bit. But I always, as I'm going about my day, I do use Ho'opono in that time of downtime. You know, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. 
if I'm making a cup of tea or whatever, moving about the house, I'll be saying that. Or I'll use affirmations and I am joy, I'm abundance, I'm wealth, I'm happy. So it varies dependent on kind of my mood and what I'm doing. But I always have something going on in my head around that. Yeah. Amazing. Reaffirming. So powerful. Well, are there any current obsessions or, and that could include activities, books, TV shows, music, anything currently that is holding your attention? I have watched a lot of television over Christmas, a lot of Netflix. The time to do it. That is the time to do it. So I'm trying to wean myself off a little bit now. But <laughs> I do like I do like on an evening to wind down when everybody's gone to bed. I tend to put the salt lamp on and put mm. some TV that we can just unwind. I can just unwind to and not think about too much. So that could literally be anything. I've probably watched four or five programs just in the last week. Hot <laughs> <laughs> box sets. <laughs> you just binge. Show. Yeah, exactly. I just binge. Yeah, but I think we do need to do that, don't we? We need to chill out as well. It's really I agree. I'd even go ahead and say that this is a part of your wind down ritual. Or... Yeah, it is, definitely. Right? And so mm-hmm. if that is your current focus and what's bringing you, <laughs> bringing you in, then I say fantastic. It's the consistency of it and also allotting the space mm-hmm. and time to do it. To say, you know what? I will give myself this space to unwind the way that I want to, enjoy a program that makes me happy and lends into some of the mantras that you say that you connect with each day anyway, which is like, I am joy. I can receive what is mine. This is all okay. I think that in and of itself is a loving, kind ritual. So that makes me happy to hear. (laughs) My friend, where can folks learn more about you, sign up to work with you? How can we best find you these days? So you can find me on my podcast if you like listening to podcasts. Yeah. um, Which hopefully you do if you listen to the podcast. Visualize you with an S because I'm in the UK. With a Z, you'll get, I don't know if you'll find you'll get a, You'll get other people and we don't you'll want to. You'll get other people. Yeah. You'll know by the voice probably straight away that. That's exactly. Great. So yeah, visualize you if you want to hear about visualization and the inspirational stories of people who have pivoted mm-hmm. and changed direction through, like you said before, like life circumstances and taking us down a different path. You can do that. You can find me on Facebook. I've got a wonderful community called Visualize You, Manifesting for Spiritual Entrepreneurs, where I go live every week. And I'm actually launching, well, the waitlist is launched for the Visualize and Thrive Business Club. So I'm really excited. This is kind of the next step of the work that I do on an individual level with clients in creating that vision. As entrepreneurs, we need to be able to stay on top of the goals and reset and celebrate what we've achieved and get access to visualizations, learn how to visualize, get accountability and mastermind with other people. We can't do it all on our own. I'm creating this space where we can continue on this journey of continued visualization and clarity Mm -hmm. and goal setting and all of that good stuff. So visualizeandthrive.com, again with an S. Am I on Instagram and everywhere else? So. Yes, I'm on the wait list for the Visualize and Thrive Club. So very excited about it because as Beth and I spoke about today, there's something very isolating and sometimes sad and lonely about feeling like you might be the only one who's feeling this way. So having community and like-minded, like-spirited people that you can mastermind and work mm-hmm. through this with, but also celebrating wins. We talk about this all the time. Celebrating what's went well, what we do well, identifying some of these gifts and positivities in our lives that we maybe don't always see anymore. 
It's so valuable. So I'm so very excited about the the membership club. Yes, so, so excited. I love talking to you. I always love talking to you. I listen to your voice nearly every night because I listen to my (laughs) audio reading that you have done for me, which is so spot on and so affirming. And the other night I fell asleep to your voice. Oh, no. That's a good thing I was able to sleep so peacefully. And anyway, it was just lovely, of course. And I, I always love spending a little time with you. Thank you. Oh, you time. too. It's always yes. a pleasure to spend time with you, KJ. So thank you for having me on the show. And I'll be inviting you to the Visualize You show very soon. So. Yay! Lovely okay. to with you. You too, friend. <laughs> oh, have a lovely rest of your day and we will, and we will catch up soon. See you later. Wow. So that brings us to the conclusion of this delicious conversation with the glorious Beth Hewitt. So my healers, what did you think? I would love to hear what stood out for you in this episode. And if something left an impression on you, please consider leaving us a review. There are a number of takeaways as usual. I feel like it's a masterclass in the law of attraction and visualization whenever I speak with Beth, which is quite often actually. But this is no exception. I have so many points, but I've narrowed it down to five. And let me know if there is something more that you'd like to know. Let Beth know too. And here we go. Takeaway one. It can be difficult when we're not willing to let go of our preconceived ideas about what our expectations are of ourselves. Number two. We can use words all of the time, but we don't even recognize in ourselves that we're sabotaging, that we're holding ourselves back. Takeaway three, there's a skill in active listening. Active listening can be reflecting back almost word for word what was said. There's something incredibly powerful and transformative about hearing your own words reflected back to you. Number four, pay attention to your defensiveness. Defensiveness equals protectiveness around being called out on what our true bodies have been communicating the whole time, but maybe we weren't listening. Number five, self-compassion and replenishment practices include surrendering to the flow, detaching from outcome, morning meditations to set the day. And there was a tip that I absolutely adore that Beth gave. It's so simple, and yet it's such a strong declaration of boundary setting. So that is never bring a large bag to work because that invites you to bring it back home. Well, this was just a tiny glimpse into working with Beth, and she even walks us through with what one of her wonderful offers looks like. It's a 90-minute intensive, which I've experienced myself recently, and it was life-altering. I walked away with clarity and confidence and absolute assurance that I was able to carry out my business goals in an aligned and impactful way. In fact, working with her in a visualization intensive, which is a gift she bestowed for joining the Visualize and Thrive Business Club, by the way, so hop on it if it's offered again, honestly. Well, this work with her brought me into a space where I could clearly outline my own offerings and I'll be sharing them in the next Tiny Astonishment, so stay tuned for more. I encourage you to check out the show notes for all the ways you can connect with Beth. Join me in the Visualize and Thrive Business Club, perhaps. Something very isolating as an entrepreneur, we've discovered. 
Sometimes it can be only as you're working through all of the different ways you might be growing and expanding your business. You might feel like you're the only one who's feeling this way. And by joining this club, you're inviting connections and support and celebration of not just your accomplishments, but of your peers. And there's something incredibly gratifying and something incredibly solidifying about having a group that you can be accountable with. Some of you may have noticed that I didn't post regularly this month, not in the way that I'd like to. And as mentioned earlier, I skipped February entirely. And some of you had noticed that and I appreciate it. Thank you for checking in on me. I can share with you that I needed to take some time off to address some personal emergencies. I'm recovering and learning to articulate a little more each day, and I'm feeling ready to share with you a bit more about my experience and some of the themes that I encountered in the last several weeks, including grief and regeneration and childhood, the seasons and familial collaborations. So stay tuned for that. I will talk a little bit more in our next time together. And I wanted to thank you again for checking in. It is such a pleasure and an honor to be with you. And we're embarking beyond the equinox and into this new season of renewal and regeneration and growth. I just know that these stories of astonishing light will continue. Thank you for listening to the Stories of Astonishing Light podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can support this podcast in a few different ways. First, you could post a screenshot of the podcast on your Instagram and Facebook stories or in your feeds and tag me at Bliss Begins Within or Musings on Other, and I can repost you. Another way to spread the love is to share this podcast with your friends and family, anyone whom you think might enjoy it as well. A third way to support this podcast is to subscribe, download, and leave a positive review on any of the platforms you listen to the show on. And this way, we can continue to grow our audience and reach more listeners. A quick and direct way to leave a review is by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash astonishing stories. I am so grateful to spend this time with you exchanging such uplifting tales of resilience. We'll see you next time. Thank you.